on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton, flying solo tonight because unfortunately Pat Zhang has to work. But we've got a really special episode today, joined by special guest Jared Timms, a co-host of the Talkin' Halos podcast on the Blue Wire Network, something that Pat and I are very excited about incorporating into this weekly walk-off series. Every once in a while, we're going to have a team-specific guest come on, and we're going to do a really deep dive into the team that they covered. So Jared hosts the the Talkin' Halos podcast, which is centered on the Los Angeles Angels. Jared has a really interesting insight because he is very much into the minor league system. He has a ton of knowledge on the minor leagues along with all of the stars on the Angels. He has a really good pulse on everything in that organization. So it was a great conversation. And again, we're really looking forward to having these types of conversations with a bunch of different people who cover different teams. So make sure to check out Talking Halos. It's on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can also find the podcast Twitter at Talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N, Halos, and then Jared on Twitter, at Jared underscore Tim. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jared Timms. All right, so Jared, I will start you off with a, a general one. I would love to just hear your general thoughts on the Angels series so far, if it's what you've expected, if you've been surprised or disappointed by anybody so far. No, I, cautiously optimistic is, I think, uh, the term going into it for everybody. Uh, anybody you talk to is kind of that way. Uh, it's, I guess, a little bit surprising in a sense. The, the schedule's been tough early on for the Halos, but, yeah, they, they played it well, minus a couple injuries. I mean, Trout was out for three-quarters of that Houston series, and it seemed like it, it affected the, them pretty well. Uh, Rendon was out for a while. Jared Walsh and Otani were the only ones really in that lineup, which – probably pretty decent for most teams, but when you lose the best player in baseball and a top five, five player in baseball, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah. I'll say that the pitching hasn't been too bad. The bullpen has been, has been better than what it was last year for the halos and in, in previous years and, and getting in a sense, consistently healthy pitching. Granted, it hasn't been consistent, but it's been consistently healthy. That's been a huge key for the angels as well. So altogether cautiously optimistic, I still think the AL West is kind of open for uh, anybody to take it, especially Definitely. with the A's being what they were. I mean, I didn't expect them to rattle off 13 in a row. I don't think anybody Me neither. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Houston can get hot whenever. I yeah. mean, regardless of their past, they they can get hot whenever they're a good offense. They got some decently good pitching, and mm-hmm. you never know. So it, it, it's open for everybody, I think. And the key for the rest of the season is, again, staying healthy and Shohei Otani, I think. So Yeah. Yeah, I always think – I think an important question I asked last week was when can we start putting some stock in the record so far and performances so far? And I leaned a little bit earlier than my co-host Pat did. I said a month. Somebody like Trout, as long as he's at the top of the leaderboards, then I think we have a pretty holistic version of what type of player we're going to see for the rest of the year. But then you also have a team like the Mariners, and I'm not even sure what their record is now. It's over 12 wins, I'm pretty sure. And then they could maybe drop 90 wins by the end of the season. So we're still at kind of a weird point right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you even look at San Francisco. It's like yeah. San Francisco really going to be a bo- uh, atop the uh, NL West? Probably not with San Diego and the Dodgers there. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, they could rattle off a wild card spot. I, they were 
they got decently hot last year, granted 60 games, but they were they were pretty hot for a little while, almost almost took a wild card spot. And I mean you can even say Miami too. I mean yeah. what they did last year, unexpected wild card spot too. You just never you just never know with baseball. And and I said this on our podcast, Talking Halos, it, you just don't know what to expect from baseball this year. It's just going to be a really fun baseball year in general. And anybody can win. Like, I feel like everything's kind of, there are teams that aren't going to be there, but for the most part, like all the wild card spots might go down to the last day. Even the division spots are going to go down the last day, even, you know, in the NL West with the Dodgers and, and the Padres, it, it, everything's going to kind of be open for, for the taking. So yeah. it's just going to be a fun baseball season. <laughs> NL East. We talk about all the time too, how exciting that one is one, one hot performance so far. I'm a Red Sox fan. I hope that one stays consistent. You never know. <laughs> but that, was, I wanna... that was my sleeper team. That was my sleeper team coming in. Really? So, Love yeah, the Red, that. So- Red Sox, uh, me and my co-host that at Talking Halos or one of the co-hosts at Talking Halos, Nate Green, he, we were, we were in on the, we were in on the Red Sox. We were like, uh, don't count them out because the pitching's in, if the pitching's there, the offense is 100% going to be there. It, and the bullpen is going to be interesting. And Chris Sale's not even back, who's one of the mm-hmm. best pitchers in baseball. So it, it's like all up in the air. But, yeah, Red Sox were one of my sleeper teams for sure. I love that pick. Very encouraging. Yeah, everything has been falling the right way so far. So I want to talk about pitching first, Sands Shohei Otani, because I think he deserves his own category right now. But when – after this off season, and I, I did a, a season preview for every team, and I talked a lot about the Angels and really their inability or their fear in the past few years of giving long-term deals. Going into this off or going from the off season to the season, what did you think about a few of these guys? Quintana, Bundy, Cobb coming in on flyer deals. They've done okay so far. You said cautiously optimistic. They've done better than I expected so far. What do you think their ceiling is? Well, looking at Cobb and looking at who the Angels got previous season from Baltimore, Dylan Bundy, it's – I mean, it's hard not to compare them. And we've seen Cobb with Tampa and see, see what he can do. The split finger is pretty gross. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Just seeing that, you don't expect it from him. If he's a average, slightly above average league pitcher, I think it's a plus for the Angels. And same thing with Quintana. Quintana was one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball for the longest time in Chicago. I mean, that Chicago staff was really underrated in general. Yeah. But that four, there, it was four years though. He had one of the best ERAs of baseball. Yeah, I oh, remember yeah. that. Yeah, he was one of the best. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Nobody yeah. really knew about him. Everybody was like, uh, well, to be fair, Kershaw and those guys. Yeah, even John Lester on the Cubs that year was better than him. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But. Yeah, again, with Quintana, some people are high on him, some people are low on him. I, I've always wanted Quintana. I always thought that he was one of the, like I said, one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. You look at what the Cubs gave up to get him, too. I mean, that sells a lot. Eloy Jimenez, I think, and there was a couple other guys in, in that mix. If you want to go back and look at that trade, it was, it was a lot of good pieces in that mix. But, yeah, I, I was pretty excited about Quintana to get him for the same amount as the Angels were able to get guys like Matt Harvey, mm. Trevor Cahill, those type of deals for which weren't the best of deals. I can see why fans were cautious about it though too because yeah. the one year deal and the pass with the Angel what the Angels have done pitching wise. So with those two guys coming over, I I was cautiously optimistic as well and I've used that term way too much. I'll try not to use it anymore, but that's what the Angels <laughs> it's season still is. early to be cautiously, yeah, feeling it, anything. It's just what the Angels are. I mean, that's that's the best way to describe them. They 
They could be a 72-win team. They could be a 90-win team. And in the playoffs, I just – I'm so cautiously optimistic with them. Yeah. But back to the pitching staff, Heaney's been – if you go look at his stats, one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Bundy, you saw what he did last year. Could have probably pushed for a Cy Young if he didn't have a couple bad starts down the road. But, yeah, it's it's – the staff has been nice. It's been, it's been interesting. Can, even Griffin Canning, who I think is very one-dimensional with what he does, is a nice piece to have. And we've seen him out of the bullpen here in Anaheim, and we've seen him starting in Anaheim. And it's, yeah. it's been nice to have the young mix there. So, Do you think Dylan Bundy can be the guy in the future? He's – the age is what worries me with Bundy. I think he could be the guy for – maybe the next two years, okay. minus Otani. I think, I think Otani is the dude for sure. It, as long as he stays healthy, Otani is unbelievable. Yeah, That's some of the best stuff in baseball. But when it comes to Bundy, I think that for the next two years, if the Angels were to bring him back, 100%, I think he could, he could be an all-star. I think he could be a Cy Young candidate if everything works out, stays healthy. Mm-hmm. It, the stuff's all there. You know, the composure is there. The, the wanting to win is there. I mean, playing with Baltimore is not easy. I'll tell you that, like playing on a really bad team, we've all been there. And I have, I've had this discussion with so many people playing on a really bad team is the worst. And that's where he got out of and we saw him shine, but he could definitely be the dude. That's, that's for sure. He could definitely be the dude. So that's really interesting because it's obviously not the sexiest name on the market too. And when, when all these moves happen, even somebody like Jose Quintana, if you really look through the stats, you can be impressed and you can get excited, but right off the page, especially with a couple of other pitchers moving this off season that the angels supposedly reportedly swung and missed on do you see do you target any names in the future that you think could be big pieces for this rotation specifically I think I I think Perry has some names in mind I I do I don't know any of the names but I do think he likes some names out there and you look at some of the free agents next year just the name off top of my head I think Justin Verlander's free agent I think Max Bruiser's a free agent Marcus Stroman is – I love Marcus Stroman. He's probably one of my favorite pitchers in the league. Oh, cool. Is free agent. Noah Syndergaard's a free agent. I mean, Bundy and Heaney are free agents as well. I think Kershaw but is too. Kershaw's a free Kershaw. agent too. Yeah. I mean, if we want to get on to a Kershaw conversation, he's either staying in L.A. or going to the Rangers back home. So okay, true. He's, true. he's going to one of those two. I don't, I don't think he's – I think he's going anywhere but those two. But, but yeah, I, I definitely think that there is a rotation to be made out there. And you look at what the Angels will be possibly working with going into next season – at the moment, it's Shohei Otani, Griffin Canning, Chris Rodriguez, who's in the bullpen. I don't know if they're going to let him start. He's been fantastic in the bullpen. He's probably a future closer. And Reed Detmers, who hasn't mm. pitched a single game in the minor leagues yet. We'll see where he starts. But I would assume he's pretty major league ready to go as long as no injuries happen or anything like that next year. So there's going to be two or three spots to fill in the Angels rotation. And I, I on top, off the top of my head, I would have to assume they'll – be in on everybody just like every other year it feels like the angels are in the news almost every day in the right with everybody and every big name Artie Moreno loves loves that and bringing guys in and they're probably gonna need a shortstop too so do you, does that make you happy that the angels are in on everybody but it doesn't happen like where do you where do you feel on that would you rather them be active and miss or just not go after any of the big guys and spare yourselves the disappointment well from a reporting standpoint I love I yeah love all the big news but from a fan standpoint, I mean, seeing the Angels swing and miss on a lot of the trades this year, yeah. I wasn't a huge Blake Snell fan. It would have been nice to get, I think, to get you Darvish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, from a from a fan standpoint, it, it it's kind of rough to watch him swing and miss at all these free agents. And even going back to Garrett Cole too, I wouldn't have paid him that amount of money. Yeah, to pitch it was a lot. Every fifth day. That's just my opinion. 
I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I don't think any pitcher deserves that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Well, even with Trevor Bauer this last offseason, I would have only paid him $25 million a year. And okay. I mean, he got what he deserved. That's, that's for sure. He got what, what he deserved. And we're seeing it with the Dodgers again, how good he is. But yeah. I, I can't pay pitching that much, but I guess no, that's I get what it. makes me different. Yeah, just to close the door on this whole conversation, I had seen reports a couple of weeks ago of all these aging veterans. I can't remember if you mentioned Granky. I think he's on that list too. Somebody like him, somebody like Scherzer, this is all assuming, of course, they want to leave the teams that they're current, currently on. But a guy like Scherzer, a guy like Granky, even Verlander filling those two or three spots. Talk about going all in for one year with the offense that the Angels had. That sounds pretty enticing. Yeah, and something and he, like like something Perry might do. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, it depends on how much pressure Artie puts on him too. Yeah. Artie Moreno is the key factor here. I mean, it, without saying that Artie Moreno makes a lot of moves, Artie Moreno makes a lot of moves, and we saw it even with the Angels Dodgers trade that never was last year. I mean, yeah. that was nicked by Ar- that was nicked by Artie. So, I, I I would love to see them come in and bring in guys like Scherzer, Verlander, not only because they're still going to be good, but because of the veteran presence. You have Shohei Otani, who's still young. I think Griffin Canning can be helped by that. Mm. You look at how Dexter Fowler came in and helped out Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, and those guys yeah. who are still about to come up. It's going to be very intriguing offseason. It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, the Angels – I think the Angels' window opens next year. I don't know if it's quite open yet, but definitely next year moving forward, that's when the Angels' prime window is for sure. It'll go and win a World Series. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so exciting. So this is a preview question before that. Do you think that the Angels can be buyers at the deadline? Oh, definitely. I, 100%. I, I – I'm cautiously optimistic about that. <laughs> I told you, that's the word. That is the word. I'm, I'm sorry, but – I, I've thought about it both ways. Like, think about all the pieces that you, the Angels could get from Bundy, Heaney, mm-hmm. uh, Jose Iglesias, all the, uh, the Rysel Iglesias. There's a lot of pieces that the Angels might be able to get at the deadline if they were sellers. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will be. I think that, like I said, there's so many spots open and that they're going to be buyers. But then it also shifts to, I mean, who the Angels going to go buy? If they need a starter, do you go? I've always thought about Herman Marquez. I feel like mm. that's a name that if you get him out of Colorado, could be a top three pitcher in the AL, top yeah. 10 pitcher in baseball. And it, there's a lot of interesting pieces that are on not very good teams. I mean, I've always loved Marco Gonzalez in uh, great, Seattle. Yeah. I don't know if Seattle ever makes a move with the Angels because of Jerry Depoto, but that's a name that I've always really, really liked. And, who, who knows? I think they're buyers, though. I, I do. I think they're going to be buyers at the end of the year, and I think that they're just going to go get some bullpen help. I don't think they're going to need too much rotation help unless some injuries happen. Maybe okay. go get an outfielder, but Adele and Marsh will probably be pretty ready by the deadline. Yeah. Marquez is an interesting piece. Even even John Gray, the two in that rotation. The Yankees are seemingly very linked to Marquez at this point, too, so I'd love if he went to the Angels instead. Oh, <laughs> Keep that Yankees rotation on the bad side of, of 500. Yeah. So let's switch to the offense now. Can you give me a player that has, has really impressed so far? The first name that stuck into my head was Jared Walsh. I mean, he is literally pu- pushing Albert Pujols out of the, the, starting rota- uh, the starting lineup, which I don't know if anyone ever expected to happen. And somebody like Rendon has had a slow start. Are you worried about that at all? As far as Walsh goes, it's, it's not something new. I mean, you look at what he did in September, and you look at the adjustments he made. That's the name of the game in the major leagues. Can you make the adjustments to how pitchers pitch you? And he seemed to do it pretty well. So I, if he can continue to make adjustments, that's a heck of a 39th round pick that the Angels found out of nowhere. I didn't know it was 39. Wow. He's a 39th round pick. Yeah, it, it, unbelievable. Um, college senior signed too. 
crazy, crazy to see that. And as far as moving Pujols out of the way, it, it was going to happen eventually. I yeah. mean, he's been on the down and outs for a while now. But you look at – I don't know. As I go to games a lot and I watch a lot of things on the side, the guy who stands next to Mike Trout the most is Albert Pujols. And for good reasons, two of the best hitters in baseball. And how much Mike Trout has learned from Albert Pujols, I don't think you can put a price tag on. Like, as much as everybody makes a big deal about, oh, Albert Pujols is making $30 million, yeah, he's mentoring the best player of all time. I mean, there's a reason why he's stuck around. There's a reason why he hasn't retired. I like and that. He, he, yeah, he sees why the, what the Angels can do. Like, there's, there's a lot of promise here, and I think he thinks he can win a, a ring this year. I don't know if it's going to be his last year. I hope that somehow he finds his way back to St. Louis to, to play a game or two. I think that mm. would just be the ultimate – you know, amazing thing for him to go back and play with Yachty for just a couple games. Oh, that'd be but, so yeah, 100% it would be. But, um, but yeah, Walsh has been unbelievable. Justin Upton's back to kind of normal, even after the last two years that he's been kind of on the down and outs yeah. and injured. And all. Yeah, yeah, he's been, he's so been hitting slow. pretty well. Even Pools. Pools has five home runs this year, like yeah. kind of an underrated five home runs. Not expecting that. Jose Iglesias has turned it on of late. Do I dare say Mike Trout? I mean, Mike Trout's Mike Trout. Like, yeah. you don't have to say anything else about him. <laughs> and am I worried about Rendon? No, he started off slow last year. If you look at his first, like, 20 games, I think he was batting, like, 100 with a 400 on base percentage. Okay. And he, I'm not worried about him. He's going to do his thing. He's going to get hot. And uh, the injury at the beginning of the year probably had him stumbling a little bit. But I, I think that at the end of the day, this this offense is extremely potent. And, probably one of the best offenses in baseball minus Boston's up there for sure. The Dodgers yeah. are unbelievable. The Yankees. I mean, there aren't too many offenses like, like the ones that I mentioned. Uh, yeah. It's I'm, I like that about Rendon. He's becoming one of those, one of uh, the Rizzo's or the Muncie's who just find their way on, even if they're struggling at the plate. Yeah. Uh, what was the title of your, your last episode that you just dropped about Mike Trout? Uh, Mike, uh, Trout, Mike, Trout, appreciation. Mike Trout appreciation yeah, yeah I, I didn't, we didn't want to talk about the angels had lost like three in a row or something like that we just didn't want to talk about the team in general so we just talked about Mike Trout which is always yeah. fun and you have you can fill that with 45 minutes easy oh my goodness <laughs> it's unbelievable what he does watching him for 10 straight years I didn't get to cover him in the minor leagues but covering him now and covered him covered a couple of his rehab starts and when he signed the dude's unbelievable he, he's yeah. he's uh, the words don't explain it I mean from how he lives his life which is odd that I know that, but to how he plays baseball is, is just crazy. He's, he's great human being and a great, even better baseball player, which is. Yeah. The thing that always blows my mind and what so much people, he's going to be the Pujols in a few years when he's declining, which you can't even fathom right now, but he's going to buy, be the guy that stands next to the next up and coming star and is just imparting his wisdom, which is so cool. But the way that he changes his game, to get the power to swing at more strikes. He's swinging more than he ever has, even at, in early in the count at 3-0 pitches. But he just learns from the game, and he learns from the trends of the game. And not many players do that. No. It, it, when we talked, I talked about Jared Walsh a couple minutes ago and how he's adjusted. Every single year from his rookie year, Mike Trout has adjusted to something different. And yeah. you, can't, you can't pitch to him. Like, you throw a slider away, and he hits it 450 feet. You throw a fastball up at the letters and he takes it which most guys don't you throw a fastball down at his ankles and he hits it into the yeah. angels bullpen i mean it's 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 stupid watching him on a daily basis I, I i still don't think some fans appreciate him i i hope he makes the playoffs 
because I hope that he gets that national stage that he, you can see what he's capable of doing. Because I still Me don't too. think most, most people know what Mike Trout is about. It's the best thing for baseball. If Mike Trout is in the playoffs, that is the best thing for baseball. Oh, yeah. And probably for your, your mental health watching the Angels for these past few years. <laughs> yeah. It's been all right. I mean, I've had my yeah. question that I've always asked is, would I rather be a Dodgers fan for the past 10 years or an Angels fan for the past 10 years? Maybe it's the playoffs 10 straight years and not win the World Series or mm. have my best player in baseball. It's a, it's a debatable question. I've asked a lot of people, and people have always gone back and forth with yeah. me. Oh, I can go to the playoffs 10 years, never win the World Series, or just know I'm going to be bad for 10 years and make it to the playoffs one time, but have Mike hmm. Trout, which is Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds. I mean, unbelievable. No, I like that. I don't know. I mean, you can almost say with the Braves now, too, the Twins have been in a horrible playoff slump. Yeah. To know that that heartbreak is coming is tough, too. I want to exactly. talk about David Fletcher, too. How important is David Fletcher to this team? He's a, he's a great dude. <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. I, it, it, was, it was one of those things he was right about when I started covering the minor leagues was when he started working his way up. And everybody that I talked to, all scouts and other writers, was like, what, who is this guy? What is this guy going to do? Seventh round pick out of, I think, LMU. How, what is this guy going to do? And might play some decent defense. Probably doesn't have the arm to play third base. Probably doesn't have the arm to play second base. Probably a utility guy. And all of a sudden he comes on the scene, fan favorite, and probably the – most favorite player on the Angels minus Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. But, like, David Fletcher could possibly be starting at second base in the All-Star game this year just because of how much of a fan favorite he is. He's having a down year this year, too. But, I mean, we've seen some of the videos of him swinging at balls above his head and getting singles out of him. He is the Angels' modern-day David Eckstein. Like, if you go and compare David Eckstein up to how many games uh, Fletcher has played, they are the exact same player. I think Fletcher has a little more – power than the next sign i think Eckstein's maybe a little worse defensive than than fletcher is but that's only because he was playing shortstop but i, I they're almost the identical players so it, it's modern day david Eckstein, which is quite refreshing to see with how baseball trends which is home runs and everything that's exactly what i was going to say it's so refreshing it's such a sigh of relief to see players like david fletcher on the field my favorite baseball player is dj mayhew and i'm a red sox fan and it's just because the way DJ plays baseball is so pure. He finds way on base. He doesn't have to hit 45 home runs like everybody on the Yankees, especially. But I think David Fletcher is shades of that, if not creating his own lane. And especially to have guys like Shohei this year and Rendon and Trout behind him, to have a table setter like Fletcher. Again, people aren't talking about the contract. I think as a casual baseball fan, you see that and his name isn't dominating the headlines. But just to have somebody like that at the top of the lineup and how well he can flash his glove in the field is so valuable. No, oh, and I think the most impressive thing for me is I, I, it's underappreciated. He's swung and missed at 12 pitches this year, which is wow. crazy. To me. And, a, and a, he's seen like 380 pitches or something. Like I look at it all the time because it's, it's one of the more impressive stats to me in baseball is how many times he swings and misses. He, he swings and misses like 3.5% of the time. Like it's, it's incredible especially in an age where everybody's swinging missing like right. David Fletcher is it's it, those type of players will never die. Like everybody, they're going to always have some type of, some type of place. It's going to continue to dwindle, but I mean, I, I've always compared him not only to David Eckstein, but a little bit of Ben Zobris. And I think that mm. Madden did that too this off season with how many different positions he can play. I think David Fletcher was like the backup to the backup catcher at one point. Wow. He can play basically everywhere, but, I mean, he could probably play first base if you really needed him to. He could probably pitch. Like, it's just it's it's fun to see that. It's it's just like prototypical college baseball, and it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, no, that's a cool comp. The Ben Zobrist one I've heard before, and I think is so accurate. And yep. it, as baseball continues to trend towards the three outcomes of the, the strikeout and the home run, actually, it's just the two outcomes, really. He just continues to bring baseball back to its roots, I guess. And, and the same thing, as velocity continues to become more popular on the pitching side, too, you're always going to – baseball is always going to reward players who can hit and get on base – Baseball is always going to reward pitchers who can get strikeouts, and it doesn't matter how hard you throw. So somebody like Kyle Hendricks is somebody I always think about. His numbers aren't going to pop off the page. His fastball is less than 90 miles per hour, but he still strikes out hitters at, at, at a long ring rate. So it's just cool to see. It doesn't have to be John Carlos Stanton. It doesn't even have to be Mike Trout. You can be David Fletcher. You can be Kyle Hendricks, and you can still be really, really valuable to your respective team. Yeah, I think we start seeing a trend the opposite way eventually back to – I think it's just going to constantly go back and forth. I you hope know, I so, think, yeah. yeah. I think the Angels are starting to try to trend that way a little bit, just trying to find guys who throw strikes and don't mm. – I mean, you can strike out a lot of guys, sure, if you throw strikes, but guys who, you know, get soft contact, guys who get guys to roll players over. Angels have one of the better, if not the best defense in the infield in baseball, mm. so why not take advantage of trying to get guys to roll over baseballs? That's a really good point. That's a really good point. All right, so I mentioned at the beginning, Shohei Otani has to have his own category. I mean, this year, I was looking at some of his numbers. He has the highest his, of his career, highest average exit velocity, highest max exit velo, 119 miles per hour off the bat, which I think is the hardest since StatCast began tracking in 2015, and also his highest career hard hit rate. I guess we can separate it into hitting and pitching. Has the hitting been more than you could have even dreamed when he came onto the scene two years ago? Yeah, oh, 100%. I, the question was always, can he hit? Yeah. <laughs> the question was never, can he pitch? I mean, we all knew the velocity. We all saw videos of the slider and the split finger from the World Baseball Classics that he played in and all the international stuff that he played in. It was always a question of, can he hit? And there was always glimpses of him being able to do it. I mean – recall the video of him hitting it like to the roof in in the KB or in the Japanese league I, I the power is unbelievable yeah. like it's it, I, that's something that I don't think anybody really ever thought was going to be a thing was Shohei Otani hitting this well and the fact that he's doing it granted for 20 games so far both hitting and pitching is is unbelievable and it again key to the angel season is Shohei Otani hundred percent. That that's the key to the angel season. If he stays healthy, hits to a quarter of what he's doing, and pitches to a quarter of what he's doing right now, the angels are angels are set. But if he somehow decides to start throwing strikes and continues to hit, watch out! Like there's nobody yeah. that can stop him. He is the best player in baseball, and Mike Trout's not better than him because Mike Trout can't pitch. Like it's it's stupid. Like the power is better than. He probably has the best power in baseball. He's probably got some of the dirtiest stuff in baseball, pitching-wise. And he's probably one of the fastest baseball players in base, like baseball players out there. The it's, sprint speed is so underrated. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And that's why the Angels are so much fun. You look at the last – how long have we been talking? 20, 25 minutes now? Last 25 minutes, we've been able to talk about Mike Trout, who's unbelievable, to Anthony Rendon, who's a top-five player, to David Fletcher, who does his thing, to the Angels pitching staff, who's interesting. Yeah to now Shohei Otani, who like, Angels are the most interesting team in baseball by far with everything they've done. And, I mean, Shohei Otani is at the top of that list. It's, it's crazy to see what, what he does on a daily basis. Yeah, so, it's, 
Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's not. I was no, just going to say, it's great. not even the key to this season. It's the key to the next decade, potentially, for the Angels, if they can lock it down. Keep, them health, keep uh, Shohei Otani healthy and happy. And, and it, I mean, one of the best players in baseball every single year because of what he can do. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens as he declines, in a sense, in the next – I mean, he probably doesn't start declining for another five, six years. So, I mean, I guess we shouldn't even worry about that right now. But yeah. As long as he stays healthy, it's, it's, it's going to be unbelievable. The one concern is potentially the command. How much do you, how much do you factor that in and, and potentially his leash? I mean, is he ever going to get into a sixth inning, do you think? Does that matter to you at all? I think eventually it needs to matter. But okay. with what the stuff is right now, I, I don't think it really does because I, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to matter. It really does, especially if you're going to be hitting for yourself. You need to be getting deeper into ball games the, okay. for sure. And I think that that comes on eventually. I think maturity is a big thing. He hasn't pitched that much in the major leagues at all. You look at him, and I think he's barely at – he might not even be at 100 innings yet in the major leagues. And, I mean, it feels like he's been a, a seasoned vet now in the major yeah. leagues for a while. And it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think eventually I'd love to see him – pull the Verlander where he starts off at that slower velo, just hitting spots and then be able to ramp it up until he gets into the seventh inning. And all of yeah. a sudden we see 101 out of Shohei Otani in the seventh. And we're like, well, this game's over. Yeah. Like, then at two home runs later, after he's hit two, after he's hit two home runs and struck out 11 guys through seven. I mean, it, it it's, it's laughable. It's laughable how crazy it is that that's actually happening crazy it it should it shouldn't happen in baseball like it's it's video game it's exactly what that's the best way to compare like even Mike Trout video game but Mm -hmm. Shohei Otani in general like when you create a player you're like all right like let's click it up to 101 miles an hour with this 75 mile an hour curveball and a splitter that's 92 and uh the slider that's 83 that moves 800 inches away from a righty and oh let's let's make him a, a DH as well and kick up the power to 100 and and see how far he can hit a ball. Like it's a video game. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It's so, it, it's not even, you can't even think about it. It's really, I'm speechless just thinking <laughs> about it. Um, and, and the thing is that I have just, I have railed on the angels and their owners and the front office and all that, just because of the seemingly lack of attention to the future. And I know that's, that's very general and that's not taking into account a lot of their minor league system, but when you see all of these pieces working out the way they have so far, Shohei Otani playing like a video game, Mike Trout having the best month of his career, even though his down year is when he's still batting 50% better than league average, all the pitchers are panning out the way that they hope them to. Fletcher's doing his thing. Everybody that we've talked about, it might not be as bad as a lot of people have thought. If the Angels are sellers at the deadline, that pretty much checks every single box that fans and people who cover the team that could have hoped for. Right. Yeah. I, like I said, it's the wild, wild west at the moment, but yeah. I wouldn't be upset if they sold at the deadline because I said it before, I, I don't think this is their window yet. I mm. think they can get better. I think they, I think they definitely can. I mean, you look at the possible outfield that, that they could have next year. Hypothetically, Justin Upton probably is going to be out there for the final year of his contract, especially with the way he's hitting. Maybe they try to dump the salary. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marsh, possibly in the outfield. Joe Adele, who's a top 
10 prospect or was a top 10 prospect probably still is mm -hmm. because you've got to discredit everything that happened in 2020 because it really didn't happen yeah and oh mike trout best player in baseball I mean, the outfield's amazing. You need a shortstop. You have Anthony Rendon at third base, who's incredible, who's not going anywhere. We mentioned David Fletcher got the extension. Jared Walsh, the 39th round pick at first base. That's been unbelievable. Max Stassi, who's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. Yeah, he's under it. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think they – you mentioned ownership. I think there's buyers because of ownership mm -hmm. at the trade deadline, unless somebody can talk something into them. I, I, I hope they're buyers. I really do. I, I, I do hope they're buyers, but I hope they're not buyers to a crazy extent. I don't want them to kill that farm system. Mm. That's my main, that's my main thing. I love the farm system. I love covering the farm system. I love seeing guys develop. And when I first started covering it, it was right after the Jerry DePoto era where there was no farm system. I mean, Brio was the best prospect in the angels system for a while. Tough, tough, very tough. tough. Yes. Caleb, yeah. Caleb Cowart was the best prospect in the angel system for a while one of the historically worst systems in baseball. And yeah, like it, it, I would hate to see that go to shreds. And even this off season, there were talks about, Oh, who do you go get? Oh, let's go get Darvish or Marquez or, mm -hmm. or Snell. Oh, what do you want to give up? Well, I, you don't want to, I don't want to give up Adele and I don't want to give up Marsh and I don't want to give up Chris Rodriguez and I don't want to yeah. give up Reed Detmers. Okay. Well then why, what are you going to go get with those pieces? Like, what are you going to go get then? Like you can't go get, so you go get an Alex Cobb, you go get yeah. a Dexter Fowler, you go get those guys and, I mean, it's worked out quite well for him. So yeah, it seems like a great position to be in, honestly, where you're you're kind of right in the middle. Yep. You're okay with them selling. You're okay with them buying. You're okay with them going for it. But also, if it's going to cost too much, you're okay biding your time. And honestly, the next couple of years seem like a great time to capitalize in the AOS. Like we mentioned, the Astros are definitely not as good as they've been in the past. The Mariners, you, you kind of assume they're they've got a few more years. The A's. I think are just catching lightning in a bottle right now. I don't know how sustained this success can be. And then the Rangers, I also think are, are years and years out. So I was going to at my final question, was going to be, have the angels wasted Mike Trout's prime, but I think I'll, you can answer that, but I'll also word it to are things finally on the ups in this organization. I think things have been on the ups for a, a while now. I just don't okay. think that fans have been patient. Enough. Okay. I, I get it. That's totally understandable because you have the best best player in baseball and you weren't able to build around him for 10 years. Yeah. Like, understandable. They tried to build around him. They tried to go get Josh Hamilton. It didn't work out. Albert Pujols. Well, getting Pujols was before Trout was even a thought. Pujols and, and CJ Wilson was before Trout. So Trout was just a present for him, actually. Like, that, they kind of got lucky in Trout. But, but yeah, I mean, you still got to stay patient with it. You, you really do. And that's, I think, a lot of times what fans don't quite get is like, how incredibly hard it is to win a world series. Like yeah. Dodgers, perfect example. You can have the best team every single year and not win the world series because mm -hmm. one or two things goes wrong in one or two games in the postseason. Like there's a lot of luck in, involved in it. So do I think the angels are wasting Mike Trout's prime? Not really, but I do understand. I do understand the argument. I do like when you have the best player in baseball, you gotta have, you gotta try to build around him. And I think that starts with the communication factor between ownership and fans. Like there is no communication. It's like, we're just going to go try to win ball games every single year. Yeah. And the angels haven't done that. They've been just like floating again, but yeah, the angels are definitely on the up and ups. And I think they've been kind of on the up and ups for, for a little while since that farm system has been slowly getting better and, and better. And they've been able to pull from that farm system and it's exactly. been depth. So yeah, 
I, I don't think they've wasted Trout at all. I, okay. I don't that, that's a great, a great way to think about it. And when fans can finally see some moves paying dividends, I think that's when they can be happy. And that's when they can start checking off boxes, even if it started four or five years ago and they're just seeing it now. It still matters. You still got to accumulate all that so that you can become a team like the Dodgers who can have the best farm system in baseball or one of the best farm systems in baseball and then still get Trevor Bauer, the reigning NL Cy Young winner. So I, I, feel, I feel much better. I, I probably have to apologize for some of the things I've said about the Angels' ownership and their executives in the past because it's just taken a long time. My favorite, my favorite line to, to say to anybody is winning cures a lot. So when things yes. are going good, you can't, you, a lot of people don't complain about stuff. A lot of people don't complain when, when you're winning games. When you're losing ball games like the Angels did, there's a lot to complain about. Yeah. There, there is. And whether it's fans, who you're putting the blame on, there, there's, just, there, there's a lot to complain about. So as long as the Angels are winning ball games and in the mix, you won't hear too much complaining from, from people. But right away, like once they start, if they start losing ball games, that's when it's like, all right, who are we pointing the finger at? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go. The Angels need to go get Perry Manassian, a, a new. They need to go get a new GM, or, or let's go place blame on Artie Moreno for not spending any money. And like I said, we can discuss this all uh, as much as we want. But mm-hmm. I mean, winning cures a lot. <laughs> that's the moral of the story there. <laughs> I hope your cautious optimism can turn into full-fledged optimism in a few months. <laughs> I'm no, hoping we'll for you. Well, see, I'm I'm just excited to see minor leagues and see, yeah. see what they have to what what what's in store there. I've seen a lot of players starting to get assigned to where they're where they're going, and it'll be a lot of fun to see what happens in the minor leagues this year and see what else can be produced for the Angels. Yeah, as much as much fun as Mike Trout is to watch, as much as a treat as it is, there's a lot of other pieces that I think are are making this holistically a win for the Angels this whole season. But thank you so much for coming on, Jared. Make sure to check out. Jared's podcast, Talkin' Halos, on Twitter, at Talkin' Halos, no G, and on the Blue Wire Network. And then you can also find Jared on Twitter, at Jared underscore Tims. Thank you so much. That was awesome. And, again, I'm really – I'm pulling for the Angels this year. I think it's a – the next couple of years could be good for this fan base. Definitely. One of the most intriguing teams in baseball. Yeah. you gotta, you got to keep them on – keep them in the back of your head. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, thanks for awesome. having me on as well. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, so once again, Jared, thank you so much for coming on. I had a really good time talking Angels and really just the landscape of the AL West. It's definitely one that I think that the Angels can exploit. And I mentioned during the conversation, I've railed on Perry Manizen and the Angels. Jared said it himself. He does not think this organization has wasted Mike Trout's prime. And it convinced me. I think the Angels have pieces in place where they really can make things interesting in the next two or three years. That's a big if everybody can stay healthy. But Shohei Otani is the key to the future. Mike Trout is going to continue to perform. They also have Anthony Rendon, who is a top five player in baseball. I think that if Perry can go out and make a few more key decisions on the pitching front, this Angels team could be a perennial playoff contender in just a few short years. So as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be doing a bunch more of these episodes on Weekly Walk-Off, taking a deep dive into specific teams. But thank you so much for walking off the week with us. Have a great weekend. Make sure to check out our last episode that dropped on Wednesday, which was a NFL draft preview. Make sure to follow the pod on iTunes and Spotify. 
at Did You Hear Pod. We're pushing for 50 reviews. We would really, really appreciate it. As you're listening, it takes two minutes. Head over to Apple Podcasts, drop a rating, leave a review, leave your name, and we will shout you out on the next pod. We really appreciate everybody's support as we go on this journey. So have a great weekend, and that's a wrap.